News Podcast for October 2023. I'm Resolute Public Relations Officer for the FWG. And I'm Kate Shaw, Vice President of the Guild. Unfortunately, Oxford Comma had to be canceled this year due to lack of interest. We just didn't get enough panel submissions or people who volunteered to help. That also means the Flash Fiction Contest was canceled. But stick around because we have a very special guest who will be joining us after the news segment for a mini panel. It's Rugger, and they might jump in occasionally to make a witty comment. Witty comment. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> October is Furry Book Month, and the Guild has two book bundles available to buy now through the end of October. There are two bundles this year, one for general audiences and the other for 18+. So if you have 17 or fewer people, you cannot read it. (laughs) Rugger's already being a bad influence. (laughs) Proceeds will be evenly split between authors, with one share going to the Guild as a fundraiser. It's a great way to support the Guild and discover new authors all in one. Check the FWG website for a link to the Gumroad page where you can buy the bundles. And here's our market roundup for October. There are so many open calls right now that we have to share the announcements. Fenris Publishing is currently open for submissions of novels, novellas, comics, and games. Sniff, an erotic furry anthology dedicated to musk lovers, has a deadline of December 1st. Stories should be between 2,000 and 6,000 words. They're also looking for poetry and comics. Night of the Howling Dead, a furry zombie anthology, has a deadline of December 8th. Stories should be up to 8,000 words long and feature undead characters of some kind, not necessarily zombies. Armored Fox Press is still seeking submissions for several anthologies, including a few new ones. Deadlines win full. Fur Planet is seeking stories for the anthology Altered States Draconic Desires. Stories should be 4,000 to 10,000 words long, and the deadline is November 30th. Fur Planet is also open to stories for the Indulge anthology for plus-size guys and the men who love them. Stories should be 4,000 to 10,000 words long, and the deadline is January 31st, 2024. Androids and Dragons is open to submissions of stories featuring dragons and other mythical creatures, animal-like aliens, sentient machines, and other anthropomorphic characters. Stories should be between 500 and 5,000 words. Hashtag Omer by Red Ferret Press. Deadline is ongoing as they have various themes they're looking to fill. The Voice of Dog podcast is always open to story submissions and is especially eager to feature diverse voices. And you can view our Furry Writers Market on the FWG website for more details and to keep up to date on open markets. And JFR Coates, our esteemed leader of the guild, has a Kickstarter going. Fearless leader, yes, also esteemed. Has a Kickstarter going. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I just need to say this one sentence. (laughs) Go, go. I'll be quiet. JFR Coates has a Kickstarter going for his Destiny of Dragons 10-year anniversary. The books are fully revised and updated and will be released in a special edition in print, audiobook, and ebook. There's a link in the show notes, or you can find the campaign by searching for Destiny of Dragons on Kickstarter. Will there be a semaphore version? Stretch goal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget that the Furry Writers Guild has a Patreon account, which allows people to donate a few dollars a month. Proceeds help fund the Coyote Awards and other guild expenses and upkeep. You can sign up at patreon.com slash furrywritersguild. 
thank you to everyone who has joined the Patreon so far. We are very fortunate to have you. All right. So this month we have a special guest with us. Rugger would that? have been. Yes. Oh, you might not heard of them. <laughs> very exclusive person. Um, <laughs> Rugger would have been one of our Oxford comma panelists, and they kindly agreed to join us to talk about their topic. The name of the panel was writing the ogre layering your fiction. So first of all, what, the heck did you mean with the ogre? Because I was very intrigued. It's not ogre till it's ogre, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, the ogres are like an onion. They are layered. Oh, how did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and not like a, not layered like a pie where you have, you know, a surface layer and then a bottom layer that's the same as a surface layer with some squishy stuff in between. No, no, we're trying to like get full on layers here. Uh, so, so that's what I, that's what I meant by writing the ochre. It was, it was just a cute little reference. Except unlike an onion, it is not all the same all the way down to the middle and you won't be crying by the end of it. Well, you might. <laughs> well, you might, but it's not a guarantee. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how well I do at the panel. <laughs> <laughs> we have faith in you. Well, Rugger, if you want to just take it away, um, I would love to hear what you have to say about this because I love this topic. Sure. Um, so I, the reason I wanted to talk about layering is that it's something that I came to late in writing. Um, and it's something that whenever I look at someone who's like, I'm starting out writing. Here's this, here's something I wrote. And I'm like, ooh, like you often have a very good grasp of language because you can sort of really get that and get a sense of how language works by reading. Um, and they often have very great ideas and characters and plot. And it's all neatly divided into sections <laughs> where it's like, here's the description section. Here's a page of description where we describe the setting. Now here's a page of world building in exposition. Um, and then you get to like, you know, here's some pages of dialogue and then here's action. Uh, and it's all very neatly demarcated and I'm exaggerating, but only slightly. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then something that I really struggled with as well. Uh, I often heard the advice that your uh, world should be a character in your novel. And people kept saying that. I'm like, but what does that mean? They don't have dialogue. It's like, unless your tree is talking, in which case it's, it, yes, okay, sure, your trees are talking. <laughs> They're a character. Uh, but it's not what they meant. Uh, and then um, I finally really started like getting people to talk about my layering. And suddenly the sort of idea of the world being a character made sense. Um, when in my first novel and in a lot of my short stories, I very much had that sort of, if you're familiar with the scene sequel structure where you'd have, you know, like a scene of action and then a sequel where characters, you know, talk about it and process their emotions. And there was a very strong demarcation uh, between that. And, and it wasn't until I reached the near the end of my second book that I really started trying to do it all at once. And the scene where I did that came alive in a way that I had never experienced before. Uh, the action was tense and had a lot of stakes and the character development was tied so intimately to it. Uh, and the characters were really interacting with the world around them because they had to and planning their next action while still dealing with the first. And in my mind, because in writing, you only can read a certain amount of words at a time. I thought that, you know, having something that would be interrupting the dialogue takes away from the dialogue. Having dialogue that's interrupting the action takes away from the action. 
And, you know, there are times when it does. Uh, but in when they're all molded together, they really come together in a way that I had not uh, really experienced my own writing before. Um, in that the character development was for, necessary for the action, which was also, and the dialogue was necessary for both. And because they were all tied in together and really layered well, where they all work together like, you know, layers in a cake where, it, you know, everything is just sort of blending together perfectly. Uh, it, the action came alive and the dialogue came alive. The characters came alive. And I was like, wow, it took me two novels to figure this out. Uh, <laughs> but you got it. You got I it. did get it. And now I'm I'm starting my fourth book and I wrote the opening of my fourth book. And the way that I'm sort of describing the world and world building and just describing the space station that they're on while developing the characters, while also developing the, you know, like crisis that's going to throw their lives into chaos uh, was also nicely tied up together. Uh, and I passed it to uh, some of my beta readers and they're like, how dare you only send me one chapter? You need to write this book now. because <laughs> I am so hooked. Uh, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is all because I actually like focused on developing my layering. And that was really the goal of the, uh, seminar that I wanted to do is talk about that layering and have a lot of examples of how to do it. And so that's really where I was coming from in it and why it was such a topic that I was so passionate about and really excited to delve into. Um, I'm sad that I, there was no Oxford comma uh, this year, so I wasn't able to do a full uh, presentation, but as are we all, uh, hopefully next year I will be able to do the panel as uh, a full panel uh, and then I don't have to think of a new topic, uh, which would be great. Because <laughs> uh, I'm like, hey, you know, I didn't get to do this one. It's like less work for me. Yeah. Uh, so that was the entire idea of it. And uh, really, I just also, you know, because I'm giving a short version of it, I also want to say that uh, while I think that most scenes are do benefit from having everything so neatly tied together when, you know, like doing action while you're developing character, while you're, you know, developing the themes and the world around you and that all creates so much more tension and movement and so many strands to which you can get in uh and now more and more i notice when i'm reading uh if there's like just action scenes where there's no character development i start like being like okay what's what's the result who wins that's what i want to know and that's the only and the rest scene actually loses tension from it whereas if there you know, there's a lot of like character drama and world building while there's action, I'm absolutely hooked. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't sometimes only have one thing. Uh, you know, white room stories are some of my favorites. Pride and Prejudice starts as a white room story, which is just like only dialogue. There's not even dialogue tags. It's just dialogue. Uh, They're made of meat. It's another one of my favorite stories. It's just dialogue. Um, and so you can do just one thing. Uh, and if it's sometimes that's all you need, but I think that the the ability to put in so many different layers really makes you a stronger writer. So when you start working on a new project, how do you approach it now with this new system and the layers? And I mean, it just, if you think about it in the way that you've spoken about it, it's like, oh, I mean, yes, obviously that makes sense. But how do you start? <laughs> I mean, so really when I want to start, um, usually what I'll do is I am a huge fan of the uh, seven point plot structure, uh, because I feel it's a plot structure that one, 
gives you a lot of movement and makes sure you're hitting major points. You're like, yes, there's there's things that change what's happening. Uh, I should actually say what the seven point clock structure is. And so I'm, just like, yeah. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, so <laughs> the seven point plot structure is a very basic plot structure, which has, you know, here is the hook, which is, you know, the way the world is. Then you have a plot turn, uh, which is just like something changes the world. Then you have a pinch, which means something raises the stakes. Uh, then you have the midpoint, whereas the character moves from reaction to action. Then you have another plot turn, another pinch, and then you have the resolution. And so it's very bare bones and simple, which means you can really hold it in your head. Uh, and it's also infinitely scalable. So you can have a seven-point plot structure about a single chapter, and that you can also have a seven-point plot structure about your entire book, where you can just... Or, and then you can have a seven-point plot structure about, like, you know, a 10-book series. Um, and it, because it's so scalable, uh, you can really get into sort of like every single little part and just make it bigger or smaller depending on what you need to do. Um, and I find that very useful for layering because when I start a chapter, usually what I'll do is um, I'll look at where I am in my book long seven point plot structure be like, what are the things happening in this chapter? What is, what is the unexpected the plot turns that are happening? What are the things that are raising the stakes? Uh, and I do that for the, you know, the, 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 uh, the action plot. I do that for character development. I do that how for, you know, like for those two things. And then I'm really thinking, how do those tie together? Uh, and making sure the action is tied to the character development. And then I think, where are they? How does the world shape, you know, what's going on? How are they interacting with the world? How does the world preclude or open up certain options? And then I will tie all that together when I'm doing that. And th then I just start writing. A lot of it is sometimes done in post. Sometimes, you know, I'm on a roll with dialogue and I'm like, screw everything else. I'm just writing dialogue. Uh, like, and the dialogue is, is, is just snappy and great. And then I'll go back and edit in and be like, okay, yes, let's, let's add more stuff than just dialogue here. Uh, sometimes, you know, the dialogue stands on its own, but a lot of times I want more. And so that's the way I really approach it is really every chapter I think of, here are all the different elements that I want to advance in this book. Here's how they relate to each other. Here is the setting and how the character would interact with that, how it would preclude or open up certain options um, and how it would either reinforce or break how the character is feeling uh, and how what emotions the character is going through. And that way, as I'm writing a, a single paragraph, I can hit all of those points and be like, here's something that moves towards the plot goal. Here's something that moves towards the character goal. Here's something that is interact the character interacting with the world. Uh, and obviously you don't need every single one of those in every single paragraph, um, but definitely making sure I'm getting movement in all of them regularly so that they all tie together nicely and that the reader is experiencing all these plot threads together. And kind of in like a tapestry rather than, you know, like you had, given in your early example, you know, you have a stop everything for a chunk of description really doesn't, tends not to work out so well, especially, you know, when the tension is thick and you're like, oh, no, we have to stop to describe the doomsday device. It is made of Teflon and steel <laughs> and it's powered by a tortured pony. And I notice it uh, a lot, especially in opening chapters, when uh, I, I was just reading this book by uh a uh, former member of the guild uh, who left. Uh, anyways, and it was a really great book. I really enjoyed it. 
and just like and then the first chapter he's he opens up with this great like in scene that's developing sort of character in the world and then after he's developed the world he's like and here's your exposition pages and then it's like oh here's five pages of exposition that really could have been put into the action scene uh but instead were separate uh and yeah i think that that's also something that i did where i really i would have uh i remember very clearly in my first book i would have a lot of scenes where things are happening the characters then stop and have a conversation and then they're like okay conversation had now we can continue uh, and it's really that that sudden arresting of the plot thread that the readers were invested in to have a different character thread then once character thread was over we can go back to the plot which really interrupted a lot of the movement that was happening in the plot thread uh and then the plot thread was interrupting the character development rather than tying them together nicely so that the readers feeling like they're moving in both at the same time so have you found Sort of going to the the end of when you finish the draft and you've got the beta readers' responses. Have you found that editing is easier, or is it just different um, with this method? Because it seems like I mean, it's something like that. If you pull on one thread, everything is liable to unravel, and you have to stitch it back up. Definitely, that happens sometimes uh, when things unravel in uh, the current. Well, right now I'm in the deep editing process of my second book, uh, and. A lot of it, I'm really, well, because it wasn't layered well, I sort of, as I said, I realized I needed to layer towards the end of this book. And going back to the beginning, uh, I'm like, oh, this, a lot of stuff isn't working because only one part of it is happening. Does it, so does it make editing easier? Yes, in some ways, because I'm finding that I have less problems with, things that aren't working because I'm making sure there's movement in everything. Uh, a lot of the times when things were moving, it was because I was focusing on the plot thread and then there wasn't really any character development and, and readers were telling me, Oh, I'm getting bored because it just feels like we're, we're going along and having action scenes after action scenes and I've lost the character. Uh, and that is happening. That doesn't happen as, as much now. I still obviously need to be like, well, this didn't work and throw it out occasionally. Uh, but I'm finding that I, because I'm making sure that the action scenes are tying to character and developing both, I'm not needing to rip out as much anymore. Uh, and that little bit of pre-planning is really great. I don't, I'm a bit of a planter in that I like a little bit of pre-planning, but then I don't like too much of it. Uh, because I feel like too much of it is prevents me from just throwing it all out the window when I, <laughs> I discover something new and exciting. Yeah, your your character decides they're going, you know, they're oh, we're going to go down this path instead, and you're like, but I won't. Well, no, okay, fine, I'm following you. <laughs> and you know, usually that new path is better, but yeah, I, I, I hate having to write right. this big long outline. We're now like, well, it's all garbage. <laughs> so I think it has made editing easier in so far as I have fewer things that I need to throw out because they're all working together. I found that previously when I needed to throw out chapters is because it was really hitting one part of the story, but ignoring the others. Uh, and then when I try to layer in post, as I am with my second novel right now, I'm just like, oh, well, this action scene really doesn't tie the character at all. All right, well, it's gone. <laughs> Oops. Uh, which was a very painful process. I had to tear out like half of the middle of my book. Oh, ouch. Yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> um, 
But I'm really convinced that now that because I'm making sure these scenes are layered correctly, it's a much better book. And I'm really excited to uh, try to sell it early next year. Uh, Yay. So, yeah. So what's what's the title? Uh, on the Shoulders of Demons. Oh, I like that. It's a play on um, Newton's famous saying, if I have seen further is because I stood on the shoulders of giants. And so it's been like I've seen further because I stood on the shoulders of demons. Um, and so it's it's I re- I'm a really big fan of the title. Uh, I really love it. And I sometimes struggle with titles. My third book is technically called The Marvelous Makeover Murders, which is a, an, it's an all right title, but it doesn't like grab me the way uh, On the Shoulders of Demons did. Uh, my first novel, which I self-published and is now out of print, was called uh, The Quantity of Desire, which is an all right title again sort of like it's 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 kind of unique in its way and i like that but it doesn't sort of it's not as evocative where can people find your books uh well right now uh nowhere oh no (laughs) so my (laughs) first book i took out of print because uh, i'm super proud of it Uh, i'm really happy that i wrote it and i spent a long time struggling to finish a novel and then to actually finish it and, and like edit it so much and have it very nicely polished. I was really great. Uh, but now I look back on it and I, it, it just doesn't quite feel like it represents what I'm capable of. Um, I have several stories in some anthologies uh, and also on the voice of dog podcast. I'm also a uh, audiobook reader on the voice of dog podcast occasionally. Um, so you can see some, you can read or listen to some of my stories there. Uh, if all goes well uh, and my book sells on the shoulders of demons will be for sale considering how slow publishing works, probably like mid 2025. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just be patient. <laughs> Won't be long. So thank you so much. That's so awesome. I hate that we have to cut it short, um, but Oxford comma next year, maybe so. Oxford comma or whatever. If yeah. we do something, choice it. Also, as someone who was a panelist uh, last year and really enjoyed it, which is part of the reason why I signed up this year, it's super fun. I highly recommend signing up to be panelists next year, unless they do something different, in which case you should be involved with that because it'll probably be better. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your, sharing the panel with us. And even though it was brief, it was still pretty cool to hear about. And hopefully we get to hear you in more detail down the road. I look forward to it. Thank you both for having me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I've enjoyed listening to these news podcasts and it's a pleasure to be on one. This is the first time we've had like an extra person with us. So it's been a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sorry you had to start with me, but hopefully your next guest will be, you know, (laughs) a little bit uh, less pedantic and ranty. Uh, No, I I really enjoyed that. And now I'm like, I need to rethink my approach to everything I write. (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) That's okay. We all need to be shaken up. For more information about what's going on in the Guild and the larger furry community, or for information about joining the Guild, visit our website at furrywritersguild.com. You can find furry market listings, links to our Discord and other social media, and the forums, which are open to everyone. Thanks for listening to the FWG News Podcast. Until next time, if you're looking for a sign to start writing, this is it. (laughs) 